0: There's a lot of talk about accuracy in the media these days, up to and including frequent accusations that the mainstream press publishes fake news. For the most part, I don't think that's true, but that doesn't mean people who watch TV or read news online don't have to be intelligent consumers of news, especially when it comes to medical or scientific topics. Or to put it another way, We need to exercise uncommon sense as a filter on the news, and this episode has an example of why. Welcome to Uncommon Sense. I'm Randy Cassingham. This is a look back on a story from issue 1223 of the This Is True newsletter from about a year ago, which will be included on the show page at thisistrue.com slash podcast9. It's called Secondhand Smokescreen, and it illustrates something that really drives me crazy about the news business. I'm going to read you this story verbatim. One of the facts that marijuana legalization proponents like to point out is that even the Federal Drug Enforcement Administration admits there's never been a single documented death from a marijuana overdose. So when a medical case report published in the journal Clinical Practice and Cases in Emergency Medicine noted that a child had died in a case associated with cannabis in Colorado where marijuana is legal, Headlines blared that the first marijuana overdose death had been recorded. Nope. First, the boy was not any sort of pot user. He was just 11 months old and lived in a hotel room with his parents, who admitted they had marijuana when a blood test on the boy found THC, presumably from secondhand smoke. To make things clear after the headlines went viral, Thomas Knapp, one of the two doctors who wrote the report, said it categorically, quote, we are absolutely not saying that marijuana killed that child. Knapp has the credentials to know. He's the director of medical toxicology at St. Luke's University Health Network in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. The infant was apparently already in poor health. The actual cause of death was myocarditis or inflammation of the heart muscle, and the doctors just wanted to suggest that other doctors consider what relationship, if any, marijuana had in any unusual deaths, Mapp said. And my tagline on the story was, But hey, let's keep repeating this faulty conclusion so we can ignore the documentation that fully legal alcohol kills 88,000 people in the U.S. alone per year. I skim a number of news reports every week to gather the stories for This Is True, and I kept seeing that headline again and again. Here's some examples. USA Today headlined it, Colorado doctors claim baby boy is first marijuana overdose death. Newsweek's headline, can you overdose on marijuana? Baby becomes the first ever death from ingesting too much cannabis, doctors claim and the one that I used to illustrate the story on the show page from the New York Daily News. Baby boy is first marijuana overdose death, doctors claim. The two doctors who wrote the case report in the medical journal, and let's be clear, a case report is definitely not a study of any kind, just a report, are based at the Rocky Mountain Poison and Drug Center here in Colorado. As I researched the story further to talk about it in the podcast, it appears that the doctors that treated the boy think that his blood levels of THC, the active ingredient in marijuana that produces its high, were high enough that his ingestion was probably not from secondhand smoke, but rather probably due to oral intake, such as so-called edibles like a THC-laced gummy bear. The thing is, that's not something that could kill a kid either. Colorado Emergency Room Physician Dr. Noah Kaufman says, There's so many things that caused the problem that this poor baby had that were not even close to saying it was definitively a marijuana overdose. That problem, again, was myocarditis, the boy's actual cause of death. Dr. Kaufman says, Allergies can cause this. What if the kiddo was allergic to the carnuba wax or whatever is in a gummy that's not the marijuana? So here's the thing that really bothers me about this chain of stories that led to all these headlines. The New York Post gave its source as the Reno Gazette Journal. Does that newspaper in Nevada have reporters in Denver? Nope. Their story, I went and looked, was actually a reprint of of a story by KUSA TV in Denver. So why did the New York Post mention the Reno newspaper at all? Why didn't they just go to KUSA TV's website where I found the story and get the report directly from them? Not that they necessarily got it right either, but it would avoid the telephone game of the original story being interpreted by a newspaper, and then that being reinterpreted by another newspaper, and so on and so on, echoing the erroneous headline again and again. Now, Newsweek's report at least said the doctors, quote, conclusions are controversial, and they did pull some quotes from KUSA TV in Denver. But what exactly was the conclusion the two doctors actually put in their medical journal case report? I looked it up, quote, we believe there exists a plausible relationship that justifies further research into cannabis-associated cardiotoxicity, unquote. That's it. It's plausible that there could be something that justifies further research, and certainly not a conclusion even close to we have proof of the first overdose death from pot. Yet that's exactly what the headline said. Here's something else that Newsweek has in its article that's still online. I looked at it before recording. It says, quote, no death from a pot overdose has ever been reported according to the FDA. The FDA is the Federal Food and Drug Administration. They link that word FDA to the actual report from the DEA, the federal Drug Enforcement Administration, a totally different federal agency, and its so-called data drug sheet on marijuana, which, yes, clearly states it very succinctly, quote, no death from overdose of marijuana has ever been reported. But what sloppy reporting from Newsweek on what would be an important story if only it was true? They can't even get their federal agencies right. So if you're using your uncommon sense filter right now you might be asking, where did my taglines claim come from, that there are 88,000 alcohol deaths every year? That came from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Here's the relevant paragraph from their data and statistics section of their website, which I'll link to in the show notes. Quote, excessive alcohol use is the leading cause of preventable death, period. This Dangerous behavior accounted for approximately 88,000 deaths per year from 2006 to 2010 and accounted for 1 in 10 deaths among working-age adults aged 20 to 64 years. Excessive alcohol use shortened the lives of those who died by about 30 years. These deaths were due to health effects from drinking too much over time, such as breast cancer, liver disease, and heart disease and health effects from consuming a large amount of alcohol in a short period of time, such as violence, alcohol poisoning, and motor vehicle crashes. Unquote. Those are shocking numbers. And that's just deaths. That doesn't even count the wreckage that they're causing before they die the car crashes, the DOI arrests, the child neglect. Now, I do use a little bit of alcohol myself. On average, a drink or two per week. So I'm not some temperance lecturer here. And while I did vote for Colorado to become the first state to legalize recreational marijuana because I believe adults should have the choice whether to use it, I've exercised my now legal choice myself, and my choice was to not use it. I've never used pot, not even once, before or after it became legal. But... If I was getting chemo for cancer and it helped with pain or helped keep my appetite up to help me fight off the disease, you bet I'd use it and everyone deserves that choice. Now, some people think marijuana should be illegal because of impaired driving. It is true that smoking pot before driving increases the odds of crashing by 83%, which sounds pretty shocking until you compare that to a blood alcohol level of just 0.05%, not even the 0.08% that's the threshold for drunk driving. 0.05% increases the odds of crashing by 675%. Now, where did I get that? The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I'll link to that report on the show page too. Now, I can get more and more reports and quote more and more statistics, but I think the point is made. We can totally misinterpret a minor medical case report and scream headlines about the dangers of pot, but they're easily disproved even with government statistics. And when you compare those statistics with alcohol, which is legal, and it's clear that drug, and yes, alcohol is a drug, is far worse than pot. Why, again, are we spending tax money to put drug users in prison? Ask any cop who he or she would rather fight to bring into custody. A drunk or a pot smoker. Not one cop I've asked that question of has ever Not once chosen a drunk. They know drunks are far more violent. I've had to have cops back me up on medical calls when we have a drunk there. But pot? Never. They're just totally mellow. And yeah, too much mellow can get you into a car crash, but nothing like a drunk driver. So, as we often do in this country, we're fighting the wrong battle. And the media isn't helping. They hear baby dies and THC in its blood and come up with a completely erroneous conclusion and pound it again and again and again. So no wonder people get the wrong idea. But hey, the online model is so-called clickbait. They have to get eyeballs to their stories, to show traffic, to sell ads on their websites, and that gives incentive to get traffic where before the goal was to be accurate. The story I'm discussing is fairly long by This Is True standards, about 250 words. And even though I'm covering that in more depth here, there's still a lot more in KUSA's version of the story, like cautioning that the doctor's thoughts were, quote, controversial and giving, quote, some important context and advice. And the main advice was lock your stash up. Don't let your kids get anywhere near it. Come on. But the headline writers didn't seem to pay any attention to that. They wanted to trumpet that BS clickbaity headline. And really, this was not fake news. This was actually a legitimate article in mainstream news sources. It was mostly the headline that was wrong. Yet, how many people read past the headline? These mainstream publications are not doing themselves any favors by rushing to print to get that headline out when it's totally, completely wrong. And even their source makes that clear. And it's not just consumers who are reading that. The story was picked up by the Reno newspaper, which was then in turn picked up by the New York newspaper that was too damn lazy to go to the original source. And even though there was only one true source, multiple publications were screaming, hey, look, look what we have, the first confirmed marijuana overdose death. Yet that conclusion was completely untrue. And I see this a lot. One publication will say another one reported something. And when you go to that other publication, you'll find that they're actually quoting some other publication, which is giving their own interpretation of something that was published in a scientific journal. Even actual studies need backups and confirmations before science accepts their conclusions. But the news media typically ignores that and runs with the story in an effort to be the first to report something. And in this case, it wasn't even a study. So there are two situations where you should be dubious of news reports. When something seems too wild to be true is one of them. The other is even harder. That's when a report confirms something you believe. That's the biggest risk of them all. Confirmation bias. When a publication says something that vindicates something you believe, you owe it to intellectual honesty to go to their source and see what they actually said. And if they're quoting another publication, look at that source and their source and so on until you get to the start of the thread and see. Do they say their results are conclusive and without error? 999 times out of a thousand? I'll bet it doesn't. And the other one is probably lying. Just something to think about. That's what someone with uncommon sense would do. Just a quick note to point out that Uncommon Sense does not have advertising and neither does the This Is True website. This Is True and Uncommon Sense are reader and listener supported. When you check out the show notes for this episode at thisistrue.com slash podcast9, consider clicking the contribute button in the sidebar. That's how the newsletter and this podcast keep going. I'm Randy Cassingham, And I'll talk at you later.